the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And today's trivia theme is Great Soul Groups of the 1960s. Thought it'd be kind of change it up and make it kind of fun here. All right, no guests today. I think you guys will both be three for three on those, right? Uh, Maybe. Uh, Mark and I might know these things. Okay. Uh, Actually, (laughs) you'll probably know something about this too, Nom. Uh, Nom, why don't you start us off? Yeah. So, uh, hello, everyone. uh, We're into uh, September now, and uh, it's been a whirlwind several months for us here at Pacific Private Money. It's just been busy. I mean, over the last few shows, we've been talking about the uh, real estate market being on a tear and uh, with home sales, uh, you know, being uh, breaking records in many cities in the Bay Area. Um, And, uh, you know, as a result, we're seeing a lot of the loan demand that comes with uh, these sales. Uh, And we just completed, you know, a strong August uh, on top of a strong July uh, and so things are just picking up across the board at Pacific Private Money. Uh, we just completed our July uh, fund accounting and uh, returned uh, an annualized return for investors, uh, 7.53% annualized. So, and of course, that's for our legacy fund, the Pacific yep. Private Money Fund, because as we've been talking about for months now, we're actually up to four different funds now. Yeah. Um, I just wrote a post uh, in my head last night that I haven't sent out yet that that was basically akin to, you know, in the past six months, while a lot of uh, lenders in the alternative finance space have retreated, pulled back, retrenched, or just flat out stopped lending and, and, and laid off a bunch of employees. Uh, at Pacific Private Money, we've done the exact opposite. We never closed our doors. We actually ramped up our activity. We've been lending throughout the pandemic period uh, in now six months. And we uh, grew the company. We launched three new funds and then we launched a non-QM lending division called Pacific Mortgage Capital, which started uh, as of August 1st. And um, it's just, it's funny when I talk to people about that, uh, you know, it's, I get a lot of, you know, um, well, over the phone or over a Zoom meeting, a lot of blank stares like, you mean you guys, how could you grow during a, you know, a a global pandemic? Um, But 
you know, it's, there are a lot of companies, I mean, outside of the ones that we all hear about that are growing leaps and bounds and, and making the owners, uh, the CEOs of those um, companies, you know, uh, sent to billionaires, you know, your, your Amazons and your Apples and, and other companies that have been um, doing quite well during the pandemic. There are also small businesses. Not all small businesses are in panic mode, although, of course, many, many are. Uh, and uh, we, lend, we have lent money to people who have come back to us during the last six months saying, hey, because of what's going on, I, I need some help. And we've had to help some of those borrower clients. But, uh, you know, outside of the ones you read about every day, you know, the restaurants, uh, the retail, the hair salons, uh, there's a lot of businesses that have been really just waiting, you know, when can I finally open or have, have given up? Uh, there, there have been, you know, quietly, and you don't really read a lot about these or hear about a lot of these, but there are, there are quite a few companies. There is a significant percentage of the economy that is on fire right now. That's, uh, um, well, maybe that's a bad pun because uh, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. What's going on right now? Yeah, we're breathing smoke right now as we're doing this. Um, but uh, there are a lot of companies that have been growing, that have been uh, thriving and doing well, um, and. Uh, and not necessarily as a result, uh, like leveraging off the pandemic. And because I can't say that, I wouldn't say that Pacific Private Money has leveraged at all uh, off of the pandemic and other people's uh, sorrows and, and frustrations and hardships. But uh, it's just that there uh, has continued to be demand for capital uh, among a significant number of people who are buying real estate, refinancing real estate, uh, um, investing or reinvesting in their business, pulling money out of real estate that they own. And, um, you know, we just, we, we operate in, uh, in a very, very strong segment of the economy that is real estate and real estate finance that um, has uh, mostly single family residential, which has been very, very strong. We know that commercial has been, uh, hard hit as well. So even in the real estate world, there have been um, companies that have been hard hit and owners of properties that have been hard hit. But at Pacific, you know, we are, our primary focus has always been single family residential, one through four. Uh, and that demand in California, which is our primary market, has remained very strong. And um, it's interesting. Some of the things we'll get into this show uh, include you know, the, the media and what you read in the media and what I keep seeing, you know, on my Google news feed keeps showing me YouTube videos of people that uh, are saying, you know, woe is the market. So we'll talk more about that on the uh, next segment. All right. We're going to cut to our first commercial break trivia question here. Uh, talking great soul groups of the 1960s. This uh, was the premier girl group. The lead singer was a diva with a charisma to spare their list of hit songs include where did our love go baby love and come see about me were among their hits name this group and in fact my favorite song is um, I, I hear a symphony all right email uh, excuse me call 888-912-1190 first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate don't touch that dial the best of investing will be right back for more information on today's topic call edward brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW.
Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Our first trivia question of great soul groups of the 1960s. The lead singer was a diva with charisma to spare. The list of, the, of hit songs um, was a long one. Where Did Our Love Go, Baby Love, and Come See About Me were among their first hits. Name this group. Dreams. That's right, Diana Ross. Ooh, nice. <laughs> uh, also, I want to make a quick mention here for uh, Half Moon Bay Kayak Company. Discover the world of sea kayaking, paddle boarding, and biking at Half Moon Bay. Uh, they have single and double kayaks, a wide variety of stand-up paddle boards, and many different bikes to suit your needs, which you can use to bike the famous Half Moon Bay Coastal Trail. Uh, Call them at 650-773-6101 or go to HMB kayak.com for more details all right uh Nam, now there's been a little bit of uh news with uh real estate law with regard to evictions and foreclosures uh was it what, what, ab something was just recently uh passed wasn't it <laughs> AB something yeah one of those ab's it was yeah. um ab 3088 uh okay. that just passed as of 9-1 uh and it's the homeowner's it's no longer is the homeowner's bill of rights limited to owner-occupied consumer loans. It now comprises your rental properties, and the rules must be complied with immediately. We suggest reaching out to your legal counsel for advice. Um, it gives uh, the provisions in AB 3088. I mean, there's a long list, and probably um, don't have enough time to go through them all. But um, there's, I think, what's not in it is the no foreclosure moratorium or more a mandatory forbearance uh, and long-term eviction, no long-term eviction moratoriums on REO properties. I think that's one of the areas that I think a lot of our investors uh, were concerned about and landlords. It's just, you know, uh, if there's a foreclosure moratorium, then, you know, where does that put the landlord um, in are all the rights to going to the tenant? And, um, you know, the, there's a lot to unpack in this bill, but, uh, we'll be reviewing it over the next uh, coming days and weeks. Um, but uh, I think they're trying to balance out some of uh, what was in the earlier bills that um, really made uh, investors nervous with respect to uh, to rental properties. But um, sounds like this one might be more balanced, but obviously uh, it requires a little bit more reading. Um, so that's uh, something that uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on. But, you know, a lot of the properties or a lot of the borrowers that we have um, over the last uh, several months, we're not seeing uh, many deferments actually. And, and yeah. I think as of July or August, we, we saw very few. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, the, the, the legislators who are passing these, you know, protectionary laws, you know, their, their hearts, I think, in the right place, their peanut hearts in the right place. Uh, they're basically trying to prevent people from being, you know, kicked out of their homes. Um, but when you do that, uh, you know, you make it difficult. Really, the, the, the person that's at the bottom of the food chain there ends up being the lender uh, because you've got, uh, you're telling building owners, even on rental, you know, on rental properties that they can't, uh, you know, they can't evict people during this period and they're extending the period of time during which there's that uh, moratorium. 
And now they're telling lenders that we can't foreclose. Um, not only can we not foreclose on owner-occupied property, but now we can't foreclose on rental property. So it's you know it's all residential one through four property. And again, you know we're fortunate that we're not we don't have a huge exposure in that uh, arena. And many of our, uh, if not most of our borrowers, are still paying. But it is a problem for for many banks, many lenders uh, that. Why is it now the lender and the capital, uh, whoever who owns that capital? Because even even the lenders, it's not always their money. Uh, a lot of lenders uh, lend out money um, from various investors, whether they be individual investors, uh, private equity firms, other private companies, hedge funds, etc. Uh, it's um, it's 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 easy for politicians to dogpile on these you know faceless you know, investors in these mortgages and say, well, you guys are rich. You can, you know, you can just write it down, write it off short, you know, take a short pay, all that stuff. But, you know, it doesn't quite work that way. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of every dollar of uh, uh, the food chain, it belongs to an individual. So it doesn't matter if it's a bank or a quote, a hedge fund or private equity or whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, there's a private individual somewhere who decided, Hey, I'm going to invest in, um, in secure debt, in real estate debt. In fact, that's what we do at Pacific Private Money. We create returns above uh, uh, above market returns for our investors through the use, through the strategic use of real estate secure debt. So this is a big issue because if you take away the protections that real estate secure debt have historically enjoyed, you can really mess up the market in a big way. And I, I don't think it's, we really need to dive too deeply into this today because again, there still remains to be seen how this law is gonna flesh out because there will be lawsuits and there will be industry advocates that will be saying, you know, this is, this is inherently unfair. At the end of the day, if the government wants to give forbearance and force uh, property owners and lenders to forbear, well, guess what? fire up those printing presses and pay us off because uh, at the end of the day, it's government's job to, to protect the populace, not private individuals. Well, it's like eminent so, domain. Okay. You know, if the government just comes yeah. and wants to take over your property, they got to pay you fair market value for it. Well, it, it destroys the underlying precepts of capitalism when you start doing that. I mean, if you want to have a French revolution here and, and start cutting off people's heads because we have too much money, you know, that's uh you know that's uh, that's that's what you're going to start to see. It, uh, it's just it, there's just a it just it, there's a trickle down effect. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so don't bring back the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> now, something that I uh, found here does we have a little time, so uh, I've got yeah. some. Dar someone sent me these Darwin Awards, and I think you'll like this. So um, this is uh, let's see here. Okay, when a man attempted to siphon gasoline from a motorhome parked in Seattle's uh, street by sucking on a hose. He got more than he bargained for. Police arrived at the scene to find a very sick man curled up next to a motorhome near spilled sewage. Oh, he, oh, yeah, he, he siphoned sucked out of the wrong tank. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the owner of the vehicle declined oh. to press charges saying it was the best laugh he had ever had. <laughs> and I got some other ones for you for next segment that's, uh, that were pretty funny. All right, so we're going to go to our uh, uh, second trivia question. And here it is. This quartet was famous for singing I Can't Help Myself. Sugar and in parentheses, sugar pie, honey bunch. 
name this group. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. And also want to make a quick mention here for Mountain Mike's Pizza. You know what? They are still delivering, um, specifically the one in San Rafael. I don't know if you guys – we've had pizza from them before. It's excellent. Yep. Uh, Mike's is great. Yeah, yeah, check them out. Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. It's, you know, there still aren't too many restaurants you can go to, but, but so you might as well get uh, you know good delivery or just, or just pick up. All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Second trivia question. This quartet was famous for singing I Can't Help Myself. Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. Who was it? Kingston Trio. No. You're, you're, you're short by one. It was Quartet. Quartet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't add to that. A, a quartet of three uh, people. I love it. No, the four tops. The four tops. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. All right. So, uh, uh, do you want to share I'm your? I'm going to try and help Mark save face and say the three tops. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, you've got uh, some more news to share with us. Well, I just, you know, I, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't bring too many articles with me today because, you know, essentially there's, it's, it's been more of the same. And we've been talking about this for weeks uh, now, um, you know, pretty much throughout August uh, and now we're in September. And, you know, basically the real estate markets across the country and in California in particular have been very, very strong. The residential real estate markets. Now we know that you know uh, where you know small businesses that are in restaurants that are hurting. Those are commercial properties. Those landlords, you know, they're not getting their rents, and and that's a problem. Um, but for those of us who um, you know focus our activities in the residential real estate marketplace and the Pacific Private Money, that's our main focus. Uh, that market has remained strong and. Uh, you know, pretty much the metrics haven't changed. Uh, surprisingly resilient, surprisingly strong, strong demands. Any realtor you talk to will tell you the markets are on fire. Mortgage rates are low. And, you know, when it comes to California, um, I'm just, I continue to be surprised when I look at my Google feed and I see uh, several um, uh, videos each day from people who are, proclaiming to their listeners that a real estate market crash is imminent. And, you know, that kind of news gets played up a lot. So, um, and I just, I don't see it. I don't believe it. I, I think there are no underlying metrics that would, uh, that would, you could point to, to go, look at this number Based on this number, I see a 30% decline in real estate prices in 2021. I, I think the people who are promoting, uh, who are speaking on those videos, and they have their reasons, and I've, I've, I've watched several of them, and I just don't believe it. I, just, I, I think that their reasons are flawed, and um, we can go into those uh, reasons in, in the next show. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take some notes on those, but the, 
for the most part, I think they're talking the market down. Uh, they, some, of, some of these people have something to sell. They have programs to sell. They have education to sell, you know, how to buy real estate in the coming, uh, next coming real estate recession, all of that. Um, I, just, I, I, I just find it uh, interesting that, um, you know, you're always going to have in every market um, those that are, are looking forward to making money uh, through a decline in the marketplace. And so, you know, the real estate market will cycle again, but because of, I mean, look what's happening right now. We've got, we've lost, how many more homes have we lost uh, so fire. far this year to fires in California? And they're not, you know, they're not building as fast as the fires are burning them. And that seems absurd, but that's, that's reality in California. We just don't have enough new homes being built on a consistent basis to satisfy, <clears throat> excuse me, the demand uh, that home buyers have. And that's notwithstanding the fact that, you know, people will say, well, what about all the people leaving California? Well, they're not leaving, not enough people are leaving fast enough to damper the demand for housing in California. That's just the reality. There's just not enough inventory and there's people who want homes. And um, I, uh, I have a, I have a, I did bring an article though that is, uh, an example of what I think is really stupid media, and I have to share it with you. It, it made the rounds this week. A lot of uh, media picked it up. And it was the headline was 55% of those who bought homes during the pandemic now regret it. That's the headline. Oh man! Most people will never go past that headline. Uh, they might read the subheadline. Oh, a new survey commissioned by blah 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 found that low rates lured in new buyers, but now many are struggling to pay their mortgage. So you have to actually read the body of the of the uh, article to realize how how dumb this article is. So basically, this this firm commissioned a survey of a thousand adults uh, with a mortgage, and uh, they conducted the survey in August. Now, among those 1,000 adults, it turns out 94% of those homeowners actually bought their home before March. Ah. So, so they had to preclude those people. They already own their homes. Yeah. Oh, but they found out that 60 people of that 1,000 who bought their homes after March, that uh, of that limited group, 72%, which I guess is what, maybe 50 of those people, said the pandemic played a role in them becoming a homeowner, uh, but they regret having purchased that home. So bottom line is that that headline is just, it's it's fake news. Yeah. And I hate to use that term because, you know, that, that, uh, that that's a, it's become a political hot yeah. potato, but... Yeah. If there was, I mean, the, the, the media is full of fake news. In this one, 50, 55% of those who bought homes during the pandemic now regret it. Fake news. Just not utter and total and complete nonsense. So I just, uh, I hate articles like these. You have to read through to find out that there's just no basis for that headline. Uh, and there isn't even any real point to the article. The, the, the article is, for all intents and purposes, pointless and a waste of ink. Well, even with COVID, they're saying like if, if uh, something, something like if, if seven people out of 100,000 get it, not die from it, but just show symptoms, suddenly that's going to be this big, uh, you know, marker to suddenly shut things down. 
And I'm thinking, wow, yeah. seven out of seven people, seven human beings out of a hundred thousand. Some, some don't, some don't seem right with that. Uh, now, when we come back uh, from break, we're going to ask you guys about uh, an email comes in and says, why does Pacific private money have more than one fund? So there's got to be specific mm-hmm. reasons why you guys have that. Um, sure. Both Nam and I have a deal of the week. So we're going to share that. So here's nice. our, here's our third trivia question. We're talking, uh, Great soul groups of the 1960s. This great group was among the most influential in the soul R&B genre. They came from Detroit, Michigan. They were famous for their slick dance moves and fine suits, as well as their distinct sound. Their first number hit, one hit, was My Girl. Name this popular group. Hmm. All right. Uh, that's what we're looking for is what's the name of that group. Uh, and again, How many... Uh... How many people were in the band? <laughs> was it a trio? <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe it was a quartet. It might have been a quintet. I don't remember. Um, I'd have to look back at old videos on that. All right. That's our trivia question. And again, when we come back, we're going to have a couple of deals of the week. Uh, Pacific Private Money is going to share why they have more than one fund and what's going on with those funds. And then uh, how you can learn more information. we got some webinars coming up. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Hanf and Nam Fon over there because we are doing a Zoom meeting here. Third trivia question. This great group was among the most influential in the soul R&B genre. They came from Detroit. They were famous for their slick moves and dance moves and fine suits as well as their distinct sound. Their first number one hit was My Girl. Name this popular group. Temptations? Temptations. Very good. I can't what? remember. Right. No way. That's the only band. I, that's the only one I know. That's the only one you know. All right. Broken um, clock. Let's see. Okay. So um, let's first get into this email. It says, uh, why does Pacific Private Money have more than one fund? Because. <laughs> yeah. Because we want to. Okay. Um, Next question. <laughs> well, you know, so Mark was uh, mentioning in, I think, for the first segment that, uh, you know, we have our, our legacy fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund. And uh, which has been around since 2013, um, and and you know that fund was designed to be very straightforward, conservative fund, easy and under, easy to understand loans that uh, um, that would come across our uh, desks. Yeah, straightforward, unleveraged, yeah. hard money, um, residential. Very, 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 very straightforward. Yeah, we use our bridge loan as a kind of a classic example of why, uh, number one, people would come to Pacific Private Money, but also, to the kinds of loans that we would put in the Pacific Private Money Fund, which for the bridge loans, it's, you know, sort of short term. Um, it's, uh, you know, we're addressing a need that exists in the marketplace for a certain type of home purchase where you know, somebody wants to buy before they sell. But there's a lot of loans that we always say just don't fit the fund's criteria. Right. And so we launched several other funds to meet that kind of loan product. And the short answer is really, you know, being in business now uh, in this space for 13 years and being a growing company and a company with its eye on the 
goal and mission of being one of the you know top five or top ten alternative finance providers in the state of California. That off, what happens from time to time is someone says, well, you know, there's an opportunity here. Why don't you put a fund together that addresses this need? You know, because we've said no to a lot of loan types at uh, in our legacy fund, in the Pacific Private Money Fund. So uh, one fund we launched, the North Star Capital Fund, <clears throat> focuses on making construction loans, ground up construction loans. Uh, banks still, banks stopped making construction loans when COVID hit, and most banks are still not making construction loans today. And there's a lot of demand <clears throat> for uh, contractors to rebuild homes. Uh, still the the... Uh, homes lost to the fire, less than half of those homes have been rebuilt. I'm talking about the last three years worth of fires in California. Less than half of those homes lost have been rebuilt. And a lot of the reasons why, uh, one major reason why is a lack of financing. So we're, we've created a fund that uh, has a higher preferred return and, and has a hard, higher target goal than our legacy fund, but it's designed around uh, providing construction loans to help rebuild California. Uh, another need we saw was um, having short-term capital available to close, uh, to fund and close loans that we're gonna turn around and sell to one of our institutional buyers. Now, normally you'd go to a bank and get a warehouse line of credit for 10, 15, $20 million, but those are expensive, they're hard to qualify for, uh, I mean, Surprise, surprise, right? I mean, we, we exist because banks are, bank money is yeah. difficult to find. Right. So even for lenders like us, banks don't actually like making loans to lenders. So, <laughs> so we created a fund called the Freedom Fund, which we use that, uh, that capital to fund and close loans that we're going to turn around and sell off our books within 30 days. And that fund, we just pay a flat 7% uh, for, for the use of those funds. And there's no restrictions in, uh, in terms of how long you keep the money in. There's no lockup. There's no, uh, there's no penalty for early withdrawal. It's just a flat, hey, we want to use your funds. You can, you can you know, look at it like a money market account, although it's not a money market account technically or legally. But we, it behaves a lot like a money market account behaves for the lender. So you can take money that you'd prefer not to lock up long term, uh, and, uh, but yet you can still get a rate of return that you can't find anywhere else for the same freedoms. It's an absolutely unique fund in California. I don't know of a single other uh, provider that is paying 7%. We come across 4 and 5% funds every now and again that are doing the same thing, but this is a 7% uh, fund. Uh, paid monthly. And then the last fund we just, uh, the fourth fund that we launched this year was yet another opportunity that Edward and I came across. And that was, uh, we met a guy that has a thriving company in Texas uh, buying uh, at a discount uh, uh, matured seller carryback notes, you know, notes that have been in existence for a number of years, the borrower's paying, they're performing notes, not non-performing notes. These are performing first position notes where the holder of the note uh, may have been holding it for a number of years, has a liquidity need, and a lot more people need liquidity now. So uh, there, uh, we met this guy a year ago, and he said, you know, I've got a business model that I think we could create a fund around. Would you guys be interested in helping me raise capital? And so a year later, uh, we put the uh, finishing touches on the Pacific Southwest Note Fund, and that uh, also has a higher preferred return and a higher target yield than our other funds. So now we've got a family of funds from 
that have uh, preferred returns between 7 and 9% with target distributed yields between 7 and 12%. So you've got, you've got different risk-reward ratios. It uh, satisfies different appetites. And we do have, we do have uh, investors for whom uh, a 10% yield or more is what they want. Yeah. And then we have investors who say, I don't want a 10% yield. That sounds too risky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a 7 or 7.5% yield, especially if it's unlevered. So, <laughs> you know, just, there's different appetites out there uh, among retail investors throughout California. And we uh, now have a menu that we think of, of fund products that, that don't necessarily compete directly with each other, but they provide now a, a menu to satisfy many, if not most, appetites for uh, high yields secured by real estate. Very good. In fact, I've got a deal of the week here that kind of fits into more of what the Pacific Private Money Fund would be doing. Uh, So this property is worth between, you know, it's worth well over a million and a half, probably closer to $2 million. And the, it's a little bit of residential, but it's mostly uh, commercial frontage. And originally, the borrowers could not, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, the tenants stopped paying because they were in uh, uh, the COVID-related situation. Well, that just ended. Now they're going to start paying again. But even without that, there's a $160,000 first, and this guy only needs a $200,000 second. And it's in a good neighborhood, in a good area, in a good city. So we're talking about 360000 divided. I mean, we're talking about less than 20% loan to value. So uh, that's a, a very good uh, uh, deal that we do, even though it's a second mortgage, uh, but it's a yep. very small first, 160000 So uh, that's a very good loan. That we yep. So we, we yeah. should do very well on that one. Um, and when we come back, we'll get into a little bit more about how you can invest in the fund, the fact that there's no fees on any of these funds going in or out, no load. It's like you're almost like a, your own mutual fund, Mark. You got different choices of uh, different funds for people to invest in. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Nam's also got a deal of the week, and then we'll also let you know a webinar that's coming up that you can participate and listen in to hear all the good stuff. All right, yep. stay with us. Best of Investing will come back with some closing comments. You're listening to the Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, Edward Brown here along with Mark Honf and Nam Bond. No trivia question, but Nam, give us a deal of the week and then let us know about some webinars that are going on. Sure. So uh, this deal of the week uh, actually is um, one that came to us through um, one of our construction specialists. His name is Matt uh, Cordes. Actually, he's been on the show a few times. Um, really, really um, strong eyes for construction lending. And he's one of the managers of the um, North Star Capital Fund, uh, the third fund I think that Mark mentioned in our last segment. But this loan came to us through Matt. It's actually a uh, contractor. General contractor came to Matt and uh, was needing a loan for a property in Mill Valley that he plans to expand. He got a pretty good uh, value on it, but plans to expand the the, uh, square footage of the property. And this is a loan where it's a construction uh, loan. There are what you call holdbacks. There's a budget that uh, the contractor needs to provide. And uh, somebody with, with Matt's expertise can look at that budget and say, 
you know, this is spot on, or, you know, you're underestimating your costs, uh, or you're underestimating uh, raw material costs, labor costs, et cetera. Um, these are the types of loans that in the past we probably wouldn't necessarily fit, put all in the uh, Pacific Private Money Fund. It's one that um, we are seeing an incredible uh, loan demand for from contractors like this gentleman, and that's really the reason why we launched the uh, North Star Capital Fund. We're um, closed loan. It's uh, $4 million. It's for a property in Mill Valley that uh, uh, the after repair value will put it somewhere in the you know $2 million-ish range. Um, but uh, again, these are deals that in the past we would have probably not necessarily put in the Pacific Private Money Fund, but yeah. now that we have North Star Capital Fund, it's going to be uh, a great uh, fund for, for lending to builders like this, contractors. And if you want to learn, if you have a loan scenario or if you want to invest in the North Star Capital Fund or any of the other funds, you can call the same number, 415-883-2150, or go to our website, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. You can learn about the different ways to invest. And also, if you go to the website and go to our events page, then you'll see that uh, our next event, which uh, you mentioned in the last segment, Edward, is coming up. It's uh, next uh, this coming Thursday, September 10th at 6 p.m., and it's a Zoom webinar like the ones we've had uh, over the last five months. Uh, this will be the third one during the COVID era, and uh, we'll be talking about each of the funds that we're offering, it won't be just on the Pacific Private Money Fund, we'll be talking about all of them. So to um, register, you can again go to PacificPrivateMoney.com, go to the events page, or give us a call, 415-883-2150, and we'll register you. Very good. All right, you guys ready for uh, one more Darwin uh, thing before we go to uh, Darwin Award, before we go to our, our uh, thoughts yes. for the day? A man walked into a, a Louisiana Circle K, put a $20 bill on the counter, and asked for change. When the clerk opened the cash drawer, the man pulled a gun and asked for all the cash in the register, which the clerk promptly provided. The man took the cash from the clerk and, and fled, leaving the $20 bill on the counter. The total amount of cash he got from the drawer? $15. Oh, no. <laughs> So I got a question for you. If uh, someone points a gun at you and gives you money, is it a crime? <laughs> Has a crime been committed? <laughs> I don't know why you left the dollars, but <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. All right, uh, here we go. Here's our thoughts for the day. A computer once beat me at chess, but it was no match for me at kickboxing. <laughs> and uh, whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. And I think of you, Mark Hunt, when I read that, because that's exactly what you do. You know, when you uh, start your own business, you got to be very courageous because no one's just going to sit there bailing you out, right? Yeah. And you want to do what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what usually people say. But you invest your time, your money, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, when you're a success, it's all because you you got good people around you. Uh, we love entrepreneurs. That's it. Like Dom Fawn. Got, you got superstars for you. That's what you got. So, again, uh, one yeah. more time, how do people get a hold of Pacific Private Money? Call 415-883-2150 or go to the interwebs at uh, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. 
For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.